Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like, what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Megan Gilker, and welcome to the Fresh Exchange Podcast. Welcome, friends. It is August. We are in the height of summer, and I just love this month. If you're on our email newsletter, you will have gotten our email, and you will know that this month in particular in our community, we are discussing how this is the ripened state and what that means and that idea. Because I've always had this term that um, that August is the ripening of summer. Like it's like full ripe mode, like everything, you know, you can think about the perfect moment to enjoy maybe an avocado or a banana or anything really like this is it like we're in it august is that full ripened state of summer and i feel like it's harder to see in some seasons but summer it is so apparent because it's actually happening in our gardens like everything's becoming ripe perfectly depending on where you live obviously but for us here in the northern half of the united states this is when we harvest tomatoes. You know, this is when we are just inundated with cucumbers and zucchini, unless you're me and the squash bugs are winning the battle of squash, you know? So yes, my community got a whole rundown of that this couple of weeks ago about all my struggles, but, and everybody seems to be having those struggles. Needless to say, this is the full ripened state of summer. We have entered it and we will be talking about it. But a lot of times when we're thinking about this, we're like, well, the garden's done, like in terms of planting, right? Like we, we don't have to do anything else now. That's up to you, I guess. Like you don't have to do anything else, but um, you can. And that's what we're here to talk about today because there is still so much we can plant. And this is really, if you're listening and you're out of zones four and six, like you can still utilize this information, but you may want to look more specific to your zone. Really, this post and or this blog post and podcast are really focused on zones four to six. 
obviously you can, if you're warmer than zone six, then you can absolutely grow things <laughs> in beyond this. Like you can absolutely take this list and then continue on past it. And you may want to go a little later on some of these things into the growing season. And honestly, I'm very jealous that you can continue. You could like succession plant even your tomatoes, I guess, in some places. So anyways, that's what we're going to be talking about today. And I think just so many people think that if you're in zones, you know, even three, three, you're on the edge, but four to six, you're really done for the year in terms of planting. But this is really when we're getting going. And most of these things can be planted really at the beginning of August is my suggestion in most of those zones. I wouldn't really plant these things unless I specify like after the middle of the month because you may not get the return on them unless they're colder loving things like carrots, beets, turnips, things like that are still going to thrive. They'll like that initial heat for germination and then really finish off well in the colder parts of September and October. And some of these things, even like spinach, you can plant in September because they're going to be growing almost through the winter. And kale, yes, I have so many overwintered kale plants that come up in the spring. It's crazy. It always surprises me what survives the winter, but it makes me wish that we our winters were colder, but they haven't been lately. So I'm hoping this year we get a really nice, good cold winter. We're overdue. All that to say, we are going to be talking about this and... I'm going to actually debunk the fact that you can't plant anything because you absolutely can 100% plant and the list is long and extensive, surprisingly. So, but before we jump into that list and I run through it quickly, there is a blog post. And if you love all this content, including the blog post, all of that, the best way to support us is by subscribing to our podcast on Apple or on Spotify. So, jump on that now while we jump into the rest of this content. So one of the things before we start planting, and we're talking about succession planting specifically, or um, in succession planting basically means like you continue to grow things throughout an entire growing season, meaning growing season, meaning the time in which you can actually grow things. So that growing season extends differently for every single zone. For us here in the north, like that's basically from like March to October, November. And that's it. So succession planting means that you can just continue planting. But the thing is, is you may notice, like, and may not know, is that you have to actually rebuild the soil between those succession plantings, unless you have like some really, really, really rich stuff, like soil, meaning that you can continue to plant in. It holds a lot of nutrients, but the chances are that you're still going to need like a fresh inch or two of compost. And this is why composting, which we'll get into talking about, particularly in the spring, because I think it's, a, well, maybe we'll start in the fall. Actually, we should start in the fall. We'll start talking about it. But you really want to do it yourself because this is when you have that opportunity to use it. And it takes a few years to really get your compost going to the point that you can do this. But so don't feel discouraged if you're a beginner gardener and that doesn't feel like you can do that. Go get some really great compost. There's lots of great companies, many local companies that you could probably find that do it. But just keeping some on hand is very necessary in order to succession plant. Because before we put these seeds in, because all these things that I'm suggesting 
are all seed things that you can grow. Some of them, if you wanted to have started them in July, you could have, but it's most of them, it's not necessary. So all that to say, you basically need to compost between like, that's the beginning point of succession planting and seeding right now is you're taking something out that has drawn nutrients from your soil. So you have to rebuild them. There's no reason to till or agitate the soil. You don't have to do that. Don't put the effort in. Just lay that fresh compost on top. Give it a little bit of water. You're good to go. And it's that simple. And I talk about that in the blog post a little bit further. And what to do if you do have any unhealthy or pest plants, like let's say you're like me and you have had squash vine borers really bad. You're not going to want to compost those things. You're going to want to burn them or dispose them far away from your garden or feed them to your chickens because you want to get rid of those pests completely. And that's the best way to do it. So don't put them into your compost. They'll just feed and grow and become more of a problem for your next year. So, but when we are talking about this idea of succession planting and putting things in, in August, since many of us aren't just starting our gardens in August, many times we are succession planting. We want to utilize some ideas. One of these things, they work together and you may have heard of these two things, but we're utilizing something called crop rotation. And like I mentioned, succession planting, just a really quick overview of those, because some, some of you may not know crop rotation is basically this idea that you rotate crops through your beds, meaning like you're going to, like if you planted peas in that bed, you're going to move those peas to a different bed the next time you grow them because they draw a certain amount of nutrients. And then you put in something else that technically rebuilds those nutrients. You can get really scientific with it. A lot of advanced gardeners do. I do. And I don't, um, there's a lot of stuff you can play with there and get creative with. It's endless. I don't think you have to necessarily do that. You know, you can avoid or not avoid it, but you can kind of dismiss those ideas a little bit by just adding fresh compost. Um, some people believe in it just because you can technically create like a whole cycle of nutrient building through crop rotation. But like I said, it's really sciencey. If you want to get into it, you can. I am really careful about what I, like I never replant my tomatoes in the exact same spot. I never replant my new, my beans in the exact same spot. And the reason being is like, Certain plants draw an intense amount of nutrients. So like garlic, for instance, the next year I'm going to plant garlic in a completely different spot. I already know where I'm planting it. And it's going to go in a different bed than it did last year or the year before. And I will wait a whole four years almost before I grow it in the exact same spot again, if I do. So that's kind of what a crop rotation means is that in a high level way, you can get really nerdy about it. And I'm sure somebody will tell me I didn't get nerdy enough about it, but there's lots of information online you can dig into if you're interested. But then succession planting, which I've already kind of um, talked about, you can utilize those crop rotation ideas within succession planting, meaning like if you planted peas, maybe you want to plant peppers next. And there's ways that you can utilize that crop rotation idea within succession planting. My general, and let me say this, very, very, very general rule of thumb for beginners in this, because that's what I'm really targeted at with you guys is just supporting you that are starting out in gardening to make you feel confident 
This is my very general rule of thumb with all of that to simplify it is if it grew up like peas, for instance, or lettuce, then plant down next. So plant root veggies of some kind, something like that. So, or if it grew down like a root veggie, then plant up like lettuce. Very general, like I said, but it gives you a place to begin. And I think that's what we're all looking for, right? Is just like some general idea of how to do this. We'll take all the science and like the deep dives out of it and just start there. If you enjoy that process and you want to know the science a little more and how to actually like rebuild your soil nutrients with crop rotation, that can be a conversation for another day. But let's just start there because I feel like it needs to be talked about when we're getting into planting for late summer and fall and even early fall or yeah, none of these are, I mean, you can let some of them last till late fall, but so now what, now you know all that. And we got our, we've got our bed cleared of the old plants and we have the fresh compost. And I know that I just took out my beets and now I want to put in something else. What is it that I can actually plant? So I have a whole list on the blog with like an easy graphic you can just kind of grab, but some of these things might surprise you that you can actually plant right now. Um, but I promise you, you can, and I've actually been putting these in myself. So we're just going to go through them really quick. Basically, you can do any root veggie right now. Beets, carrots, turnips. Um, let's see what else would be in that list. Onions. We're not ready to plant garlic yet. Um, kohlrabi is not technically a root veggie, but it, it kind of lands in that. And then, of course, radishes. And I just want to make a note, particularly about radishes. We're going to grow different types of radishes this time of year. Now, there's a lot of radishes that need a like that initial heat for germination, and then they're going to need that like cool spell to t- kind of finish off. Some of these I would wait until like mid to late August to plant, depending on what you're seeing in weather trends. But these ones would be like a watermelon radish, a daikon radish. Um, anything like that, they're going to absorb that cooler weather better. You can also do another round of French breakfast radishes if they have that availability for cool weather. French breakfasts do not like high heat. They won't do as well in my experience, And but you can put them in at the middle to end of August and get a great crop of them in September. So, but you, and you could even harvest some of these you know, like a watermelon radish is something that you actually should be getting in September, which is perfect because a lot of times we're also harvesting our watermelons in September, right? So it's kind of fun. But the other thing is, is like carrots right now are actually great to put in because this is where they complement our tomatoes so well. So our tomatoes have done all this work of like creating beautiful canopies. If we're pruning them properly, then, you know, they provide shade, but not too much shade. And carrots don't like high heat. They want to germinate with some of that coolish weather. They still need plenty of warm soil, but they want to also have that cool weather in order to do that. And how do we do that in August? We utilize our tomato plants. So, and you can do this also with some of your 
spinach, Asian greens, arugula, things like that. You can grow these things around your tomato plants or other large plants. If you have a sunflower wall, things like that, you can utilize those things to create the shade environment that you actually need to grow some of these things. Awesome, right? So that is something to think about. Some of the things that might surprise you that you can still grow right now and put in are green beans, cucumbers, and zucchini. I know it sounds crazy, but you can. The reason being is zucchini is, if you failed, like let's say failed, I don't want to use that word. If you were overtaken by bugs, pests, powdery mildew, whatever it may have been that took down your zucchini, your yellow squash, your patapan, patty pan squash, whatever it was. So summer squashes, they are fast matures, which I think is how they like adapt to all the bugs and everything that we deal with. So if you dealt with squash vine pores or um, squash bugs, those stinky little guys that lay eggs everywhere and have sex all over your plants all the time, you can still win. And because these guys usually have between a 40 to 55 day maturity. And so if you plant right now at the beginning of August, you will be harvesting those probably into the end of September, beginning of October before your first frost. Yes, you still have time. And in fact, you may beat the squash vine borers because they've already laid their eggs. So you may be behind them enough that you don't get taken advantage of possibly. It's worth a try. So, but then cucumbers are also fast matures. You can still get them in. Same thing with green beans. All they need is that warm, hot soil. They germinate quickly and they're off. And then you're harvesting your beans, your your cucumbers sometime at the beginning to middle of September, but plant them now, get them in. Do not wait. The other things that you really want to think about putting in are peas and even green onions and broccoli. Those in Swiss chard, those are all going to be really great options for you right now as well, because um, these things just do well. They grow really quickly. They're going to survive really well. Uh, I didn't put this one on the list, but you could also include collards in this right now. You could absolutely add another round of those if you haven't done them. And broccoli does really well up and it likes the cool, but it doesn't want a hard frost. So um, I think ours lasted till November last year and which I was pretty impressed with. And we were still getting like some florets off of them late into the season. And you can even grow a variety that is like, um, a broccolini. That's, that's what it's called. Like those sorts of varieties that multi-flower instead of just create one head, you could also do, um, cauliflower still too, cause it's in that family. If you're concerned about, any bugs, cabbage worms, things like that. Just make sure you're companion planting with onions and things like that. So maybe plant your broccoli and your green onions together. Those things should germinate about at the same time, grow really well together and just interplant them together next to maybe some of your marigolds and nasturtium, things like that, that are going to help you avoid a lot of problems with those. Finally, we have some things that are going to be better later in the season, such as you can add arugula to this and kale, spinach, Asian greens, and so on. Those are the things that you're going to want to wait a little bit longer on, maybe till the middle to end of August. Same thing with peas. Peas enjoy some cold weather in order to really thrive. So you can do those a little bit later. 
into August and what's the other one I'm forgetting? Oh, winter squash. If you're going to be planting winter squash, now is the time to do it for sure. Also another one that you most likely will have avoided the squash vine borers. And so you should have a lot of success. You're going to have to keep track just like your zucchini and summer squash. You're going to have to keep track of those squash bugs looking for the eggs underneath the leaves and making sure they get plenty of air and they're not too close together as plants. So you're not dealing with powdery mildew issues. Um, so yeah, those are the things you can actually grow. And to me, it always surprises me when I look at this list, I'm like, really, there's still time, but there is. And so don't feel like you've all is lost and <laughs> your summer crops are done or, or whatever. They aren't. We still have plenty of time. And I'm here to tell you that I need that reminder. So hopefully this is a good reminder to you. We'll do another one of these in September just to kind of give you a good idea of what you can grow. If you're looking to start planting already, now is a great time to actually buy seeds because a lot of companies are selling um, at the end of the season and you can start looking out for things for spring and for next summer because seeds will actually last long enough they, you can keep them like every year they dwindle. So now's a good time to do it. But if you want some more information about what you actually plant in June and July as well, I have two posts on that as well. So I will include those in the show notes. If you have any questions, you guys know how to get a hold of me. And I hope you, you can always comment on the blog post or shoot me a message on Instagram. Till then next week, we will be talking about how to actually save or dry basil. There's a lot of different ways and some of them are good. Some of them are not as easy. Some of you need special equipment for, but I'm just going to take all the stress out of it and explain exactly how to do it. We're going to cook some um, in other videos. If you're in the community, I will actually be doing this in my kitchen and showing you. But other than that, we have a wonderful meditation on Friday that I hope you guys enjoy. It's one of my favorites that I've written in a while. I love all of them. I don't know why I say that. They're all enjoyable. I think. You know what I mean. So I hope you guys check it out. And as always, the best way to support us is by subscribing. So you know where to find that subscribe button. Same thing on Spotify. You can hit the follow button. Till then, friends, I'll see you out there. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.